Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report, guys. It's Saturday, 7th of March. Thank you so much for being here with me. Um, this is a show about stock market investing for anybody who's new. It's called the Armor Report, Algorithmic Risk Management Research. That's what it stands for. This is a show about quantum mental investing. It's a combination of quantitative execution, a fundamental foundation, and that's the information edge I'm trying to share with you. Today, what we're going to go over is we're going to talk about when will we re-engage in the stock market. Those of you following this channel know that on Monday of last week, not the past week, but two weeks ago, our risk monitor went to 100% cash. That was the first day of the market collapse. Okay? 100% cash that day. So that forced us to raise stops everywhere, get incredibly defensive across every portfolio. And in our index-only portfolio, we were literally 100% cash at the end of the day on the 24th of February. So the question that I'm going to address now is, what gets us back in the market? I'm going to tell you the top three things I'm looking for that'll get us involved. Then we're going to talk about gold and silver a bit and just update what our thinking is there. We've been focusing on physical. I'm going to share with you some thoughts. And we're going to round it out with a discussion of our Gilead position. Now, the Armour Report added Gilead to the portfolios a while ago at around 63 and change. And we told everybody it's a double position size, right? So whatever your normal position size is in the stock, we had twice as much committed to it. So now the stock is across 80 and it's time for us to discuss risk management. Okay. So we're going to get to all those things. Please don't forget, I am not telling you how to invest, what to do, what stocks to buy. It's not what the show's about. I'm sharing with you information that I use in my own portfolio and for investors I, I manage capital you know, for through our interactive brokers relationship. My goal here is to share with you the knowledge that I've, I've, I've gathered over more than three decades in the trenches, okay? And I'm sharing with you algorithmic research. I've written code and built strategies, and I'm sharing with you the information that comes from those strategies. I've got the Armour Report set up for you, .com, A-R-M-R report.com. Go check out the website. You could subscribe to a free email update when I send whenever I think something important is happening in the market, but become an armor insider. Think about that. It's going to give you access so that you can see what stocks we're buying, the price we're buying at in the day. And Hey, armor insiders, this is month number three. We just started the armor report in January. In the month of March, I am now adding stops to every position. I tell you that's in our portfolios. So you can see where we're going to take ourselves out of the position. So whenever we buy a stock, 
going to share with you exactly what the stops are. Please refer to the email I sent all the free subscribers and Armor Insiders last week about how we manage risk. There's three types of stops we use. Please review that and you'll understand the information I'm providing inside the armorreport.com. You can also find our whiteboard in there. That's very important right now. We've elevated companies that we like to the top of the whiteboard. So you can see what stocks we're focused on when we decide to commit capital back to the market. These will be the stocks we start buying first. Okay. And of course, as an armor insider, to me, the, the real value is you can call me whenever you want. You can reach out, email, call, whatever, and I'll talk to you one-on-one in almost like a coaching session, right? Ask me any question you want, and we can look at the portfolio, and I'll share with you my thoughts on how to manage it. Okay. Having said all that, let's get to the topic of the day. Oh, by the way, Q&A at the end of this, guys, okay? So any questions you've got for me, let me know over here. You can, you can um, type in some questions, and at the end, I'll try to get to as many as I can. Okay, so let's, um, let's take it from the top. What happened, what happened this week? Okay, markets made a double bottom this week, potentially. Let's start there. So what we know is, let, let me start over. It's, there's so much to unpack, uh, and we only have so much time. Let me see if I can order my thinking. The top three issues or things that I need to see resolved for us to begin committing capital again. It's funny. I had a lot of questions about this last week. When are you going to start buying stocks? It was the first week of the collapse and I'm not buying stocks. I have less people asking me the question now after the second week of a collapse. So I'm getting more interested about buying stocks, right? (laughs) Um, The first thing that we're going to need to see, look, guys, we have algorithms written for seven indexes that we believe drive risk on and risk off decisions in the stock market. It's the ETFs of the S&P. There's all ETFs, SPY. DIA for the Dow, QQQ for the NASDAQ 100, IWM for the small cap, the Momentum Index, MTUM, the Value Index, VLUE, and the IBD 50, FFTY. Those are the seven indexes we use to drive our risk decision. We have four Armour portfolios that we list at thearmorreport.com. Conservative, balanced, aggressive, and then index only. Now, the index only is a pure algorithmic system, right? I don't make any emotional decisions there. I don't make any fundamental decisions there. All we do, buy or sell the seven indexes when the algorithm tells us. So in early October, let's take take you to the videotape real quick. The, the Warner Wolf videotape, for those of you who know that, who that is. <laughs> okay, now you're looking at a chart of the S&P 500. Okay, this is just one example. 
SPY is the symbol. We were buying or adding the market right here last October. This was the buy day. This was the day we were adding positions. And over the next 24 hours, all of our, 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 our major indexes gave us entry points. So we were long the market. Okay. Now here, just to give you graphic representation, is the day where this index or this um, portfolio exited all positions that day right there. Okay. So the first day of the massive decline, we were out of everything in that index. Oh, by the way, don't forget to give me a like if you like this. It helps me out with YouTube. You guys can subscribe right down there to either the channel or armorreport.com. Let's get rid of these little icons. Okay. So what we've done for the index-only portfolio is we've captured the move from October. And now, as you can see, the market is back down to the October prices right now. So all the excitement and all the investing that was done from October, November, December, January, and early February has been erased in two weeks. And we're right back to where we were in October of last year when we originally got the entry point. And this is why, this is the beauty of the algorithms, right? They don't think. That first down day on Monday the 24th, the indexes hit their stops and everything goes to cash there. And what we do with our armor portfolios, conservative, balanced, aggressive, those are equity portfolios. We're buying stocks in there. We've done research. We have fundamental research. And so what we do is raise all of our stops at that point. We cut out some positions Monday that weren't working, right? We tried to stay with some of our best positions. And then, of course, by the end of the week, everything had been banged out. So what gets us to put money back to work? Step one of the three things. Step one, we need to see our risk monitor turn from red to yellow or green, preferably green. And maybe in the market like this, we should only trade green. So what's that mean, trading green? Okay, as an armorreport.com subscriber, I have the risk monitor set up with just a simple red, green, and yellow light, like a stoplight. So on the 24th, the light turned red. And it tells you, you better start defending. What gets us to go to yellow is that we have one of, well, not shouldn't say one. We have two of the major indexes give us the risk on opportunity within a 24-hour or 48-hour period. Call it 48 hours. Okay? We need two. So the major ones are the Qs, the SPIs the diamonds, and the small cap, okay? We need two of the four to tell us risk on. And that would change the light from red to yellow. If all seven give us risk ons, if the algorithms for all seven tell us it's time to buy, first of all, the index-only portfolio is going to own all seven at the end of that day. And for investors in these portfolios, the armor portfolios where we're going to start building um, uh, investments again, will begin putting capital to work in a conservative, balanced, and aggressive way. Okay? Um, 
The green light doesn't happen very often, but when it does, boy, is it good. It's one of the best indicators, um, you know, uh, um, that, that, that I've ever come across. When all these seven tell us in the 24, 48-hour period that it's time to put capital to work. The probability of success is incredibly high there. When we get a muddled response, like a yellow, like some things are positive, some aren't, what we might start doing is focusing, not might, I'll tell you what we'll start doing. We'll start buying our dividend-paying assets, the stocks that pay dividends that have been wrecked in this stock market. Treasuries exploded higher. Rates have collapsed. So when the market finally gets comfortable enough to put money back to work, the no-brainer place to go are dividend stocks and, more importantly, dividend stocks that have been wrecked because of COVID-19. And we're built, those are the names that are at the top of the whiteboard. So Armour subscribers, Armour insiders, you can go look at the whiteboard when we're done with this conversation, and you'll see what I mean. I've added a couple names, and I'll be adding more. Okay? Um, so step one for me is to see risk on based on these seven algorithms. They saved us a lot of money two weeks ago. They'll get us back in. Now, here's the caveat, okay, or the reminder or the, or the thing that you have to think about when it comes to algorithms. This is not an algorithm. These algorithms are not crystal balls. They're not neural networks. They're not something an MIT graduate has to create. These are simply based on probabilities and statistics and volatility. Those three pillars create these algorithms. They got us in early October. They get us out the first day of the collapse. That's great. But when we get this kind of massive volatility, it's going to skew the data. So I thoroughly expect some starts and stops. I don't expect the same success ratio on these next few entries as the success ratio we get over a, a much bigger data source. In fact, when I'm writing code for these algorithms, I take out these data sets, right? The last two weeks, the volatility is so enormous. If I incorporated that into what I'm writing, it'll completely skew 90% of the, of the trades. It'll be ridiculous. So what I do is I take these segments out when I'm writing code or I mute them dramatically. So what that means now is if we get some risk on signals in here for the conservative investor, you don't take the first couple. You just, you just step back and say, hold on a second. You certainly don't take a yellow. Now, if all seven tell us to get long at the same time, even a conservative portfolio is going to start putting some dividend payers in this portfolio that have been wrecked by this market. <clears throat> okay. But what I expect to happen and this actually has happened now. So Armor Insiders, go look at the a portfolio page. You're going to see the index-only portfolio bought three of the seven indexes at 3.30 on Friday afternoon. Now, that doesn't change the risk monitor. I'm not out there buying stocks in my other Armor portfolios. But in the index-only portfolio, we're long those three indexes. 
And why wouldn't we be? We captured the gain from October through February. We have massive alpha, right? And the business alpha is when you're dramatically outperforming. Any alpha is when you're outperforming the market, okay? So we have huge alpha right now. So we have the cash and we're able to put some capital to work at what might be a double bottom. I don't know. I'm not telling you guys to run out and buy anything. The volatility is so fierce. I mean, between you and me, I think we're going to get stopped out of that on Monday. But the beauty of algorithms is I, I, don't, I don't let my emotion get involved. We sold everything the 24th, putting some capital back to work here to see if we can to see if the double bottom's real. I guess the algorithms are working on their own. Okay? So number one, to get us back involved for normal equity accounts, not algorithmic strategy index accounts, okay, what we need to see is the risk monitor turned at least yellow and preferably green after this type of market mayhem. The second thing that we may start doing before the algos even kick in, what I might start doing in my armor portfolios, balanced, aggressive, okay, and, and, and conservative, if the market goes down enough, now here's the rub. What does enough mean? I'm still working on that. But if it goes down enough from its highs, and we're dramatically outperforming, again, this is alpha now. So for all the capital I'm managing, at some point, it just makes sense to start layering in the S&P and the NASDAQ 100. I, don't, I haven't gotten to that point yet. I don't exactly know where that is yet. Is it 20% off the high, 25% off the high? I, I don't know. But at some point, if the market were to crater again this week, and all of a sudden the market's down 20, 25% from the highs, I might add 5% of someone's portfolio into the S&P. And if the market drops another 5%, add another 5 right? And at some point, I'm going to average in a real nice 20, 25% position in the S&P with the market down 30% from the highs, that's just a capturing alpha trade. I'm not doing it yet. Okay? And the third thing that I need to see to really get bullish again, and this is probably, I mean, it's not the most important. The most important to me are the algorithms. They all go all green, then I'm, I'm going I'm to definitely get aggressive. But what would give me pause, if I get all green early this week, let's say the three that went positive Friday, we get four that go positive in the next two days because the market rot, rips higher for a couple of days. I don't think I would get aggressive unless this third thing happened. And that's a very close analysis of the bond market, particularly what's called the CDX index. It's the index that tracks what um, bondholders are doing to insure their bond portfolios. It's insurance on bonds. Now, if you all were around in 2008, you may be familiar with this index. In 2008, the CDX index 
In fact, in 2007, it started to bump up. You started to see insurance on bond portfolios cost more and more. Credit players are always more sensitive than equity players to financial instability. Credit debt is the same thing. When I say debt markets, I say credit markets, they're interchangeable. So credit players are more sensitive Mm -hmm. to economic changes than debt players. Mm -hmm. And so the best thing for us to do is follow what the CDX index is telling us about the unfolding coronavirus-created economic crisis. Now, I know history doesn't repeat. It's supposed to rhyme. But I'm telling you right now, it's looking pretty ugly. And actually, I want to show you this this chart. Let me see if I can upload it for you. Give me a second. I did tweet this, and so I hope you guys are um, following me on Twitter because you would see this. I tweeted this out yesterday. Um, It's an incredibly important chart. Okay. And it's, it's going to help us track what's going on in the CDX index. You guys seeing that? Did you guys see that? There it is. Okay. Credit U.S. investment grade five years spreads versus the S&P. Okay. So credit is down. Credit spreads, what it costs to insure, has gone up dramatically. Spreads are collapsing. Okay, look at this. See? Collapsing versus equities. Equities have not quite collapsed yet. And very often, equities will catch up. Okay? That's a serious problem. So any rally that we see, if you don't see the CDX index rallying as well, it tells you that rally should be sold. This is exactly what happened last week. We had two big up days in the market. But CDX spreads kept widening. It cost more and more to insure against bond failure. So even though you had big up days in the market, if you're not getting confirmation from the debt markets, at this moment, that has a major impact on my decision process. It helped us a lot in 2008, saved us a lot of money. In fact, we made money in 2008. And so I'm seeing the same problems again. Now, will it play out the same as 2008? Probably not. In 08, I don't think the Federal Reserve, central banks understood what was going on. It took them too long to figure it out. So now they're seeing it happen. And so what you might start getting is debt relief, debt covenants changed. I don't know. I thought I read something at the end of the week that IMF is going to do something to help companies that are having issues because of supply chain uh, problems. So it it may not be um, 
as crushing as 2008, but it's definitely a problem. Okay. Um, let me uh, let me just show you one thing as a way for you to track this, because it's not so simple to track um, the CDX index. Take a look at that. Okay. There's an ETF of high yield bonds. Those are junk bonds. Okay. Junk bonds cratered and went to a new low last week. The stock market didn't. But bonds usually lead equity when it gets to something ugly like this. On the downside, they lead equity. Okay, so that's HYG is the symbol. You can put that on your list to watch. Okay, so what am I saying? If the market's up 500, 500 is not even that much anymore. <coughs> if the market's up 1,000 points on Monday. Can't believe I just said that. The Dow's up 1,000 points Monday. Um, and the high yield index is not confirming it. The HYGs are not making new highs, aren't up that much. Then chances are you're just getting one of those ripping rallies in a bear market. So that's the three things we have to see. We have to see the algos tell us it's um, time to put capital to work. Or we have to see the market go down enough where it just makes sense to start layering in a couple of indexes to lock in the incredible amount of alpha we've got. Or we see credit really recover. And if credit's really recovering, then the buy signal that we're getting is real and we can start getting aggressive again. All right. Any questions there? Anything about that you want to ask me? You can just type it in. Let me know. One question is, are there certain sectors likely to recover faster that you would focus on versus others? Or is it just about finding beaten down or otherwise? Um, yeah, okay. The, for me, the sector, quite frankly, are dividend payers, right? Because what the Fed did is cut 50 basis points. And I'm hearing rumors the Fed's going to cut another 50 at their meeting later this month. So, Stocks that are depressed that have big dividends but are depressed because the market's collapsed are going to rocket higher when people wake up to the fact, let's, let's say that um, the coronavirus, you know, we get ahead of it and it's, 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 the headlines become less scary and people start adding risk again. Those dividend payers are going to be the greatest and first place to go. For, I mean, it's a no-brainer with rates as low as they are. It's, it's incredible. So that would be step one for me. And then um, – you know, step two, it's a stock by stock basis, but I want to find stocks that have, I think, unduly suffered because of fears of coronavirus if we realize that the fears are not as bad. So, you know, I don't know. Um, I'll throw out an idea. How about Disney? Right. Disney stocks getting crushed because everyone says no one's going to go to Disney World anymore. But if we realize that that's not really true. And by the way, that stock pays a dividend. Right. So there's an idea. I mean, whatever happened to Disney Plus? I mean, they're, they're, they're doing all kinds of things that are driving revenue. So, yeah, there's parks might have a problem for a couple of months. But what if it's less than people think and the stock is incredibly depressed? I don't know. I'm just throwing that idea out. Don't go buy that tomorrow. I'm just saying there's an idea, something like that. All right, let's move on. Gold and silver update real quick. We shifted our focus after the collapse two weeks ago away from the miners into the physical metal itself. We're happy with that decision. The reason we made it is that when you've got a stock market crash, every stock gets sold. 
or almost every stock it sold. Let's put it this way, the majority, 90%. And so what I want to guarantee is if this um, um, financial, economic, health crisis gets worse and equities really crater, I expect gold to go up. And it had a good week last week. In fact, just looking at GLD, you know, it closed, um, it closed near the highs last week, right? That looks pretty good. In fact, this looks like a classic shakeout right here. You know, they, they wrecked it for one day last Friday. And that looks like a classic shakeout. Boom, boom, immediately recovers. So two stocks at the top of my list that I would like to own. Newmont Mining, right? Same pattern. In fact, they got us out of our position. We had a great position. We booked a profit, but it took us out. And then it immediately reversed. I'd like to own that again. Okay. And Barrett Gold. Those are my two favorites. Same pattern. Probably could probably own the stocks right now. You know, but I'll tell you a little secret. I bought them personally. Okay. I bought them last week personally. I didn't add them to my armor portfolios because I follow strict rules with the armor portfolios. If we have the risk monitor at red, we don't buy new stocks. It's that simple. Okay. I'm a very aggressive investor. I don't recommend you invest like me unless you're sitting at the desk all day long. So what I do sometimes is I'll put a position on and I'll manage that position with stops. And it may be a day trade or it turns into a multi-day trade. So I picked off those stocks Friday morning on the weakness and I like the way they closed. And so I held them over the weekend. I don't know. I could take losses on Monday for all I know. All right. So I'm not recommending you do it. What I am recommending on the armorreport.com is risk monitor red. We hold precious metals, the bullion, not the stocks. And we hold a couple of healthcare stocks. So let's address that now. Let's move on. Okay, yeah, the financials. Um, you're asking me real quick before I move on about the financials. I don't, I don't like the financials. I have never liked the financials. Um, to me, it's always like an opportunity cost of money, and I just have better places to go. If I like financials, I got other places to go. Um, and I don't know how you can like financials with interest rates collapsing. That just squeezes their business. This is a, I'm glad you brought that up. This is a very important. In fact, let's talk about something before we move on. This is very important. What's happening right now with rates collapsing and economic um, um, growth collapsing, um, you're going to see some high yields out there that look sexy. And I, I caution you, don't reach for the highest yield you can find. Reach for the best company that has a higher yield today than it did two weeks ago. Example, you guys know I've been following Schlumberger and Occidental for the better part of six months. We made money in those two stocks last year. I've taken them off my whiteboard. I don't want to own energy at all at the moment, particularly not Occidental. And here's why. They have a massive debt burden. I don't mind that 
if energy prices are going up or they're stable. They can carry that debt burden. They can refinance. But will they be able to refinance fast enough with the price of energy collapsing to $20 a barrel? I don't know. I don't want to know. I don't want to be a part of that 10% yield. Okay? Now is not the time to reach for yield. Now's the time to reach for quality with a yield. That's very important. Okay? And while I don't think banks are going out of business, I just, that's not quality to me. You know, there's other names I'd rather focus on. All right. Um, Let's um, let's wrap. Let's try to wrap up with a discussion here about um, the pharmaceutical stock that we own in the portfolio. But, but actually, before I, I run to do that, I just want to share with you this this chart pattern real quick. I just want to show you the power of stop losses. Okay, I preach this all the time. This is the algorithmic risk management research report that's what we're talking about so i talk about stops and how important they are take a look at this ugly picture this is occidental last year we captured this upside we captured this move last year it was nice took it right off the bottom ran up to the 200 day moving average books and profits stepped out and collected a dividend along the way okay we added it again right here at $42.12 to our armor portfolios. It hit the stop loss of 40.50 on the 24th, the day that our risk monitor went red. That was the day we raised stops everywhere. Right? So we banged out of this thing. We took a $2 loss. And look where the stock's trading today. It's down huge. Okay? I can't impress upon you enough the importance of stop losses. And this is why for Armor Insiders, whenever I add a stock to any of our portfolios now, even those three indexes that we added 3.30 on Friday, I've written in there for you what the stop is so you can see how we're going to manage our risk. Okay? You won't have to wait now till the end of the day to know whether or not we got stopped out. I'll show you the price. If it's below that price by the end of the day, we're out. I can't guarantee at what time during the day we get out because that changes depending on algorithms and the situation. Sometimes we're out at 10.30, sometimes 2.30, sometimes, you know, 3.50. So anyway, all right. Um, Let's take a look at the stock that's carrying our whole portfolio, right? Okay, there's Gilead. You can see the Armor Edition on the 27th of January at $63.82. The stock crossed and closed above 80. Why were we buying it down here? This is important, guys. You go to the Armor whiteboard, you see a list of companies that I've put in there. I call it playbook rule number two. It's the big sell-off and turnaround story. I make some of my, my best investments off of that rule. I look for a sell-off of 9 to 12 months or more, followed by a consolidation pattern at the bottom. I do fundamental research on the company to see, is there a viable management team 
with a smart turnaround story. If there is, and it's paying a dividend, I buy the stock. Right? When the algorithm tells me to, I buy the stock. Let's put it that way. Right? That algorithmic execution tells me when to put the money to work. So, you know, a quick review. Quick review. Last year, take a look at this chart. Okay. Last year, with that green boxes, we were buying ABV, ABBV. We were paying under 70 for it. The stock hit a high of 97, and we captured a 6.8% dividend yield down there. I like the management team. They had a turnaround story. Turnaround story is working. I'm collecting the dividend. We still own it. It's the one stock still in the portfolio right now other than Gilead. Okay? One of the reasons is AbbVie's involved in working on a possible vaccine. But also, I like the turnaround story, and the stock is continuing to work and continuing to pay us the dividends. And it stayed above our stop, which is rare. So let's go look at Gilead. What are we going to do? What do we do now? We have this perfect entry point again off of the same rule number two. Big sell-off, as you can see, right? Big consolidation, that yellow box. Risk on buy signal using the algorithm. Stock skyrocketing. Now, in the armor portfolios, this is a position that's twice as big as any other stock we own right down there in the early 60s. And we made it twice as big for a couple reasons. Number one, they're paying a 4% dividend. They're doing about a $3 billion buyback of stock. Management team's got a turnaround story in place. Early on, after doing our research, we realized that they have a drug that may be a cure for the coronavirus. So now the stock's 80 On the way to 80, every analyst on Wall Street has downgraded the stock except for one. Every analyst on Wall Street is telling you, even if they have a cure, it won't help their business. It doesn't mean anything, blah, blah, blah. Here is a news alert for you. Analysts are wrong most of the time. Okay, They're just like lemons. They're all jumping off a cliff together. I think it's pure idiocy to say it won't help their business if they have a cure to the coronavirus. Let me tell you how it's going to help their business. We've already seen it. They've been trying to get their cancer drug, Yaskarta, hopefully I pronounced that correctly, approved in China for three years now. It's already approved in the U.S. It's already approved in the EU. They've been waiting for three years. They got approval a couple weeks ago. Is that just coincidence? Or is that a quid pro quo? Right? The Chinese government's working closely with Gilead right now on two phase three trials for the drug that can have positive effects. Let's don't call it a cure. Positive effects on a vast population of people that get coronavirus. And then they just happen to get approval for their cancer drug. Obviously, it's going to help their business 
I don't know how much money they're going to make off of this drug and coronavirus, but they're able to do a phase three trial in a couple of months as opposed to multi-year trials that cost hundreds of millions of dollars. This is a unique situation for the company to prove that a, a strategy for virus uh, um, prevention works. And then they could take that success if they have it, and it's gonna, they're going to address a whole bunch of different markets with it. So the stock's 80. What I told you guys back when the stock was in the 60s was that if the drug is successful in this phase three trial, the results are going to leak out. This is not your typical phase three trial that you set up with the FDA that takes a year, totally blind, nobody knows if it's working, and then the results come out. We have an acute situation of people dying and a virus that's running rampant in China. They're going into the hospitals, the hospital of Wuhan, and they're administering the drug. Either people are getting better or they're not. If they're getting better, I submit to you that that information is getting out. And I said to you when the stock was in the 60s, if the drug is being successful, the stock will start to go up before the news comes out. That's what I think is happening right now. I continue to hear anecdotal stories that the drug works. I also think that there's going to be a very low bar for success. Because in the midst of a panic, the Chinese government and every government around the world wants to tell their people that they've got a cure. They've got something that can help them. So the bar is low. It just has to help some people so that you can put those headlines out and relax everybody. So everything's in our favor for this thing to be successful. And yet, I'm talking to you about risk management today. Why? Why? The stock's probably going to the moon, right? Well, this is the Armour Report. And my investment decisions begin and end with managing risk. So when the stock goes from 6380 $80, and I think it was $80.22, I have to start thinking about managing risk. So here's the things we're going to do. There's two things you could do. Number one, you just book some profits. Nothing wrong with that. Just take a piece off the table. Don't be greedy. Let's say it keeps skyrocketing. Fine. I have twice the position size on in every portfolio right now. So I could go out there and cut it down a little bit. Nothing wrong with that. Probably the smartest thing to do and the simplest thing to do. Cut it by a quarter. Cut it by 20%. I don't care. I'm not telling you what to do. You have to decide what type of a risk profile you want to carry in your portfolio or how big the position is based on all of your assets. If it's a small position, that's going to be different than if it's a big position. I can't help you with that. If you're an armor insider, you can call me and talk to me about it. And I'll walk you through the process of how I would look at your portfolio and what I would do. But for the sake of YouTube, the YouTube nation, you guys have to do that on your own. You've got to figure out how aggressive you want to be. Look at your portfolio. Look at your position size. The second thing you could do, and this is what I've done in my portfolio. I am not suggesting you guys do this. 
Options are not for everybody. But what I've done, I can't really go through an options education class today. So if what I say right now doesn't make sense to you, certainly if you're a subscriber, call me and I'll walk you through the numbers. Um, but um, if you guys really want to know on YouTube, understand options more, I could do an armor education series video where I walk you through options and how they work. But what I've done, I had an extra big position on. I've cut that position down, booking profits. I've taken half of those profits and bought options that go out to the end of April. I expect we're going to hear the results between now and April. Hopefully, I've bought far enough into April. I don't know. We'll see. Okay? If the news is great and the stock skyrockets, I'm going to make a fortune on the options. If the news, unfortunately, is terrible, let me tell you something right now, guys. If they come out and say, sorry, no efficacy, the stock's going to go back to 60, maybe even below 60. Because the only reason it's up this much right now is all the guys piling in thinking there's going to be a successful phase three trial. If it's not successful, they're all going to try to get out at once. Stock probably trades below 60. Okay? So what I've done for myself is I've lowered my position. I've booked profits that give me a cushion on the position I have left. And I've got the options with half of those profits. I bought options. So now my position size is even bigger. All right? I can control more shares. But if it blows up in my face, it should have a minimal impact on my principal. Right? Because I booked profits, sold some stock, booked profits, took part of those profits and bought options for a bigger position size. So if it's success and it skyrockets, I'm even more successful, right? But if it's for some reason not, stock comes back to 60, it's not going to be destructive to my principal. Now, some people might ask me, why don't I just buy puts? You could buy puts. You could certainly buy puts. I don't know why I don't buy puts. I don't like the way they were priced. Um, this, just, this just appealed to me more. This just appealed to me more. But it's totally fine to buy puts too. You own the stock. You take some of your profit. You don't sell the stock at all. You just say, okay, I've got X amount of dollars in profit. I could take a small amount of that, buy the puts, and protect myself for the next three months. Right? So if the stock craters, the puts go up in value, and you've been able to capture that, the majority of that gain, not the whole gain, but the majority of the gain. There's nothing wrong with doing puts. That's a great idea. Okay? Okay. Um, that about wraps it up for today, guys. It went a little bit longer than normal. There's a lot to talk about. Any questions you have left, let me know. Um, what stock are you talking about? Also... What do you think about gold miners? 
like EQX. Um, okay, so you say, what stock am I talking about? Right now, I'm talking about Gilead, G-I-L-D. It's one of the only stocks in the portfolio, and, and we bought it at $63.82. We added it to all Armour portfolios, stocks trading above 80, okay? So we're looking about how we're going to manage that risk now that we've got such a big profit in two months. Um, I'm not buying the mining stocks right now. You can go back and listen to this video. You'll hear what I had to say about mining stocks. But um, for right now, I'm focused on the metal. Nothing wrong with those names per se. In fact, I'm, you know, um, GOLD is one of my favorites. But I'm focused on the metal itself. All right, guys, I appreciate your time with me today. Thanks for staying for so long. Um, letting me talk about all that really helps me order my own thinking for Monday. And I look forward to talking to you guys again on Monday. We'll do an armor education video. Maybe what we'll do is talk about triggers. I don't know yet. We'll see. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good weekend.